freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this is episode number 126, and our theme is, if not you, then who? A great deal of our history, all of history really, is told through the events surrounding a single pivotal figure, one man or one woman who stepped up and stepped out of obscurity and the comfort of anonymity to do something. Whether it's Mother Teresa who left a life of financial security to become a helper to the least, the last, and the lost, or George Washington who wanted most to just be a farmer but sacrificed the majority of his earthly life to fight and lead and father a nation. Or, you know, that one teacher in junior high who made all the difference in the pathway you chose in your life. Everything important seems to come down to one person making a decision to serve and be selfless. So in our modern day, when rights restrictors seek to alter, weaken, and restrict our pathway, to offer these freedoms that we know to future generations of Americans, who will step up and say no? Who will educate themselves so that they can pass along wisdom to the young people in our lives? And who will make informed decisions in the voting booth that honor our Constitution? We, patriots, you and I, that's who. And together we will set the example, and as Mahatma Gandhi, another singular history maker, said, we will be the change we want to see in the world, not for our own sake, but for the sake of those yet to be born, those yet to know the liberties and freedoms we've known, and in doing so, our lives will be tangible examples an unveiled and an open-faced challenge to others to protect and preserve American values, asking, even without words, everyone we encounter, if not you, then who? Well, we are excited for our next guest, Roger Eckstein, the author of Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense, which has been lauded as the first great book of its kind written for the 21st century. Roger is one of the most prolific writers of in-depth tests and evaluations of firearms and knives to emerge over the past 25 years. His mission is the advancement of anti-crime preparedness at home and in the workplace. Roger, are you with us? Yes, good morning. Good morning and welcome, welcome. We are so excited to dive in. We've got you for two segments and much, much to cover. Um, I understand that you're going to be um, speaking at uh, the annual, the NRA annual Carry Guard Expo coming up. That's true. That's true. Uh, actually doing uh, 
two different uh, two different topics. One is recognizing the threat, counteracting the five stages of violent crime, and the other one, for lack of a more creative uh, title, <laughs> is called uh, being prepared for home defense. That's pretty much says it, and so important both of them. And so that uh, that expo is being held in Richmond, Virginia. Um, Holy cow, that's coming right up, isn't it? September 14th through the 16th. Absolutely. Uh, be going there uh, just seems like tomorrow, but actually it's uh, be leaving for next week. Very, very cool. So um, can you tell us a little bit maybe about what you're going to say? Just give us the sample platter, <laughs> what people could hope to uh, hear if they get a chance to go or at least pique their interest um, for maybe one of your books if they aren't able to attend? Yeah, well, I guess you could say that uh, one, uh, one uh, seminar is for when you're away from the home. That would be recognizing uh, the threat, counteracting the five stages of violent crime. Uh, we want to know when, uh, be able to pick up cues from people when they are uh, developing an intent to commit a crime. And once they develop that intent uh how they choose you mm. see mm-hmm. uh and that's done by interview mm-hmm. where they're looking at you and you appear to be uh separated from other people are you weak uh not paying attention do you have something they want and then angling you into position somehow separately just like uh, animals get separated from the herd maybe uh get you uh I don't, you know when you're uh, away from other people, they're looking for an easy target. Mm. The uh, other, the final stages of the, uh, are stages four and five, and that would be the attack and reaction. And those are the stages you don't want to get to. So what we're going to focus on explaining exactly what attack is, exactly what reaction is, but focusing on how to recognize when you're under the uh, surveillance of the uh, first three steps so you don't get to the point where you're attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, uh, being prepared for home defense, is more like, uh, let's say, developing a home field advantage. Okay. Uh, not letting people into your house and not uh, inviting problems like uh, some people will have a contractor work in their house. Maybe it's just a uh, uh, person cleaning their home. And they become aware that you have things there that are valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps you have a safe, and uh, even if these people are not the people who may later commit a crime, uh, once they become aware of a magnet as such, uh, they might uh, casually tell someone else who has bad intentions. So uh, just like the Guide to Home Defense is about defending the home, uh, one of the other books I've written called uh, Watch Your Back, How to Avoid the Most Dangerous Moments in Daily Life, is about uh, when you're away from the home. Mm-hmm. That is so important, everything that you just said. And um, talking about the home field advantage and being prepared for home defense and just being aware of who's in your home and what they might have observed and what they might think about you, like, you know, suppose you're an elderly person. And they go, oh, well, elderly people have a lot of... um, narcotics and drugs around sometimes because as we age we get aches and pains and problems right 
Um, and maybe we've had a lifelong collection of, of beautiful things that someone might think are, are valuable and stealable. Um, all of those things could lend themselves to um, you don't even know when. It could be the same day. It could be next week. It could be six months down the road um, that you wouldn't even put back to the fact that, oh, I had a plumber come in for a half an hour and fix my sink, right? Sure. That could, that could be true. Uh, and, it, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, an elderly person. Of course, sure. that is a really good point uh, about the drugs and such. But uh, what we're looking at is uh, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. For example, a house that is well-prepared and hardened is not likely to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, what you want to do is uh, have a lot of uh, overt uh, efforts in your house, such as obviously there are cameras. Mm-hmm. There's double doors up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have uh, lighting or a gated garage, uh, gated uh, driveway rather. Things like that to drive you uh, drive a, a predator next door. Uh, but having a magnet in the house might be something like, suppose you're in the habit, like you're running a business and you take uh, your day's receipts or just your, uh, your uh, cash drawer home with you each night, mm-hmm. and you do it on a regular basis instead of a pattern. Or simply, you've been out shopping and you get followed home. So mm-hmm. we talk about that, too. It's not just uh, uh, depending while you're in the home, but how to recognize when uh, you're drawing people to your house. or ha- And as you come up to your house, uh, inspecting the house visually from the outside, doing a lot of things that um, preemptively you would have a, um, a program where you were used to always surveilling before you move forward, being uh, very, very cautious. Absolutely. And so I love the idea of whether you're in your own home or whether you're out and about that you are signaling in all the ways you possibly can that you've thought all this through, right? You're fully aware that danger lurks about and sometimes danger lurks about with the 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 nicest space and the you know the sweetest smile and you know oh let me help you with your groceries to your car or you know whatever the case may be uh we want to signal to people who are kind to us and and those that look a little shady that we've already thought this all through and we have put some systems into place uh to protect ourselves uh from you know any form of breach of our safety for lack of a better way of putting it. Sure, you've got to have a standard of, uh, of readiness. And uh, we're going to be covering how to talk to people when they come to the front door, mm-hmm. how to realize if they're uh, interviewing you or looking into the house, looking past you, mm-hmm. uh, who you're speaking to, and also uh, get into some uh, forms of deception mm-hmm. that are uh, often, often played mm-hmm. on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, the physical plant, you know, uh, hardening the house inside and out, staging weapons. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk about safe room. We're going to cover the, uh, the uh, pluses and minuses of, of doing that. But we're talk- going to talk about just the, the physical plant, and we're going to talk a lot of behavioral things that uh, can help you defend the home. And also, uh, you know, choosing different weapons. Um, I saw that the... The theme today is, if not you, 
than who. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to touch on was, let's assume for a minute, everybody who's listening to this show is an avid practitioner with firearms. Uh, maybe they shoot uh, practical shooting matches. Maybe they just go to the range regularly, um, you know, dedicated to the sport and uh, train and tactics and all that. Now, let's say everybody listening to this now is a, a true enthusiast of firearms, supporter of the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. But everybody we know is not that way. Mm-hmm. We all have friends and family who are, you know, blasé about guns. Maybe they're totally against guns, things like that. Mm-hmm. And yet they, you have to make them people realize that guns can be many things, but for the very first, they're a way of preserving life. Mm. And I I would put to these people that if they're willing to learn CPR, Mm. for example, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't they want to become proficient with a firearm just the same way that you would learn to do a fire drill? In other words, it's a safety device that uh, people should be trained in and if they're not going to become big enthusiasts and go you know become sports shooters or go hunting that's fine but why not take advantage of a way to preserve your life your family's life and others that's the question i ask absolutely absolutely and then trying to lean into the idea of... Uh, Cheryl, I'm having difficulty hearing you. Is there any way we can turn that up? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see. I'll have uh, Ed on the board, see what he can do about that. And I'll try to speak up a little bit. Um, I was just going to say that as we are trying to lead people into the idea of the, the various tools of defense... Right, so you've got these mental tools of preparedness um, and those sorts of things, but the, the actual tools of defense, whether it's, you know, a pepper spray, I suppose, or, or knives or firearms, so often we need a good interpreter. Like, what does this thing do? When would I use it the most? Uh, when, you know, what kind of firearm is best for the, the home or the property that I have to protect? And that is really you know, you definitely come in there uh, as a great interpreter. And we've got a break for a commercial. But when we come back, I want to kind of talk more about how you do help those uh, people that, you know, they might be terrified of guns or they might be a little gun curious. Um, But uh, if you'd hang in there, Roger Eckstein, the author of Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense, uh, we're going to come back and talk about those things. Does that sound okay, Roger? Sounds good. Awesome. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. 
Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, if you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, all 125 other episodes. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click the Guest tab. You'll find photos and bios and links uh, to all the guests we've ever had uh, it's just a tremendous resource, and, you know, we don't we don't hate it when you spend time there. So check it out. All right, well, we have been talking with Roger Eckstein, the author of many books, including The Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense. And, Roger, when we broke for commercial, we were talking about how so often when people are trying a new skill, uh, getting into a new hobby, you know, learning something brand new, the key ingredient is a good interpreter, somebody that can, you know, welcome them into that world and help them understand what it's all about, how to do it uh, correctly, how to do it safely. And this is where you really shine. Um, is helping to be people's interpreter for these things. And I, I just wanted to lean into that and, and let you just tell us how you go about that. Well, for example, uh, some people are really afraid to drive. Yes. And once they get in the car and realize they can control the car, mm-hmm. they're no longer afraid. And it's the same thing with firearms. Mm-hmm. Once they learn they can control the firearm, uh, it's a tremendous relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally, when uh, you begin shooting, you should probably begin with a lesser caliber, like 22 long rifle, uh, not much recoil, not much blast. Uh, those are the things that naturally, uh, that uh, people are naturally feared of, loud noises. Mm-hmm. So 
what you're doing there is you can learn trigger control and side alignment. And uh, as your skill progresses and as you become accustomed to that, you can go to larger calibers. And from there, you have uh, a number of a number of concerns. One is, where is the gun going to be used? Is it going to be in the home, in, be portable? And also, your physical ability. Uh, some people have very difficulty uh, racking the slide, working the top end so that uh, a fresh round can be fed from the magazine into the chamber, or in the event of a malfunction, the slide can be worked to eject uh, a bad round or clear a jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smaller guns, which uh, are often, you know, forced on or, or recommended to people, are the ones with the stiffest springs. They're the hardest ones to operate. So it can be very discouraging. Plus, those guns can also be uh, be painful to shoot uh, due to uh, a great amount of recoil. For example, we've seen a large movement away from 40 and 45 to 9 millimeter for law enforcement. And one of the reasons that is, is uh, aside from cost, if you're going to have personnel on the range training three, four, five hundred rounds in a day, you have to give them a round that is not going to physically challenge their hands or wear out their wrist, wear out their hands. So you're better off having a lot more training, being able to uh, submit, be able to go through a lot more training than to have this larger, more powerful character, uh, caliber. Of course, you could carry a heavy caliber, uh, and you can train with a lighter caliber just so you can get that repetition in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, getting, uh, getting back to, like, for example now, uh, we're seeing a lot of pistols come out with a red dot sight, which, uh, what they call it, a reflex sight, and it's, instead of comparing a distant front sight and a near rear sight or the notch of the rear sight, we are simply superimposing a red dot on the point of impact that you intend to hit. So that makes it a lot easier for mm-hmm. people who their eyesight is failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing that more and more. Even police departments are beginning to um, okay that for for carry. And part of that has to do with the electronics today are, are, are so much improved. They're, they're totally reliable. Mm-hmm. So who you are would also depend on your, your choice of gun. You, you don't necessarily want to shoot a heavy shotgun unless you're big and strong and can withstand uh, a lot of practice shooting that gun because familiarity is very important. Also, like I said, where are you going to use it? For example, if you live in a house and you've got acreage in the exterior of the house, you're going to want to use a rifle. Mm. Let's say you have uh, 200 yards out the front and 300 yards out the back. You want to control that environment. So you want a gun that's going to project that distance. But suppose you live in an apartment. Now, in an apartment, you're sharing the ceiling, the walls, and even the floors. Yes. So if you're going to have a rifle, you're going to get enough penetration where any, any shot, you, any, anything you intend to hit, it may go through what you actually do hit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you don't hit it, it's going to go into the wall and perhaps into the, into the apartment uh, next door, which is something you don't want. Sure. Uh, this also applies if you live in a house and you have other family members, children. You don't want to be using ammunition that's going to um, penetrate into multiple rooms. So uh, 
in the interior of the house, you'd probably want to use a handgun, uh, maybe even with frangible ammunition or uh, um, a uh, hollow point that once it hits a barricade, once it hits one barrier, it, the energy is going to be uh, expanded and not, and not uh, get into the next room. So you're going to want to pick uh, a gun that is totally usable and one you can practice with because familiarity is uh, really king when it comes to, uh, to shooting firearms because you need to hit point of aim and you have to have uh, set up sort of automatic muscle memory, automatic reflexes, uh, things that you do naturally. It's all about becoming comfortable with the weapon and, uh, and that all depends, of course, who you are and how much time you're going to spend with the weapon. Mm-hmm. See, that's so key, is getting out to the range and practicing. And, I mean, I, I'll ask you this. Is it, is it important to practice at a range where they have a house set up and, you know, you're clearing rooms and that sort of thing? Or is, is it enough? Um, is it good to just be, like you said, have so much familiarity and, and muscle memory with the firearm that you have that, you know, in the middle of the night when you're groggy and your adrenaline's pumping, that you, your, your muscle memory can just take over with the, the gun and then you can spend your energy, your mental energy, um, you know, going through your home to make sure you, everyone is safe. Yeah, very few public ranges are going to allow you to do anything but uh, shoot at a static target, which is okay because you're developing your ability to, showing, to shoot to a specific point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. Um, then there's like competitions like IDPA, uh, USPSA, things like that, where you can develop your fast handling gun skills. But familiarity with the weapon is really only half the, uh, half the equation. Uh, if you could take uh, some courses where you do go into uh, some, you know, dedicated rooms where there are targets, it can be very helpful, not just finding the targets and shooting it, but there has to be an element of decision-making. For example, uh, it's very common to uh, take a course such as that where you enter a, uh, a room or a maze and you see targets or you see people and sometimes you don't know who you're, you have to know who you're engaging. Mm-hmm. It's common to get in there and you see a, obviously an aggressive target, obviously a predator, that's obviously a shoot target because you see a gun in their hand. But the, on other runs during through the house, that it, the instructor would put it so maybe it's just a cell phone in their hand. Mm-hmm. Even though the target comes out and surprising you, you have to uh, evaluate right away, is this, someone you're trying to save or tr- someone you're trying to stop. So uh, you've got to know, uh, a, a, you've got to have that experience where you can, uh, judgment comes into play. For example, if you were in a restaurant and there was someone yells out, say, Alu Akbar, or this is a robbery, and they firing shots in the seal, warning shots and threatening everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, suppose you had, you were, you had a weapon and you chose to engage well what about all the people who were there are they going to jump up suddenly in fear and get in your line of sight and you you know you can't just shoot you might have an angle where mm. where if you shoot you're more likely to hit an innocent person than you are the uh person you're trying to stop mm-hmm. so 
it's very important if you can get proficient with your gun and then get into a program where they're training you to make decisions, evaluate, you know, rapidly, uh, recognizing what shots you can and can take and what shots you absolutely must take, mm. and being able to think on your feet. Uh, it's, that's, the, that's when it gets really tricky because, like, for example, uh, I train regularly with uh, Preston Tactical in, uh, here in Texas, and uh, we often have people come in and train who are very high-level competitive shooters. Mm-hmm. And it really gets them a fish out of water because they're used to shooting every target, mm-hmm. whereas it's not like that in real life. Uh, you don't, you may not have a clear shot at a target, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to engage. Plus, uh, these types of things are really helpful to how to learn how to clear a room. Uh, and when you once you get into that level of shoot and no shoot discussion. Uh, you'd be surprised how how deep a uh, how how deep and how complicated a subject it is Absolutely. to have a gun outside of the house in 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 society. Absolutely. And uh, this is why now the gun part, like we said, as far as getting familiar with the gun, the gun part, your ability to operate the gun has to be uh, fully uh, fully formed. Mm-hmm. But now you have to have the decision making process, and that's where it, it gets real tricky. And that's the if I dare say, that's the fascinating portion of the study of tactics. Absolutely. Well, we have, uh, we've run out of time, unfortunately. We could just keep on talking. There's so many angles to all of this. Um, but I know that you have written a bunch of books on a bunch of these kind of topics. And uh, I just want to give you a chance to tell folks how they can follow the work you do and buy some of those books and educate themselves. Well, I hope you'll be joining me at NRA Carry Guard. If not, uh, all my books are available on Amazon.com, of course, Barnes & Noble, really any, any, uh, anywhere books are sold. And I am on Facebook, E-C-K-S-T-I-N-E. Uh, love to hear from you all. And uh, this is the type of thing that I do regularly. So if you have questions, I'm glad to answer them and discuss uh, different problems you might have. But I look forward to seeing you all. Fantastic. Thank you again so much, Roger Eckstein. He is, of course, the author of The Shooter's Bible Guide to Home Defense. Thanks, Roger. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Well, stick around. We have Mr. Argo J waiting in the wings. He describes himself as just an American who likes guns and the culture surrounding them. And he's writing a documentary titled Black Ops, Black Opinion in Popular Society, Changing the Image of African Americans and Firearms, One Round at a Time. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. 
go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. for sticking around you are with gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop well we are excited that you are here with us today we have been enjoying the theme of if not you then who talking about how important the individual is, the individual decisions that we make uh, to teach the next generation, to train ourselves uh, about constitutional issues, to train ourselves about how to be a responsibly armed citizen and, and behave safely in our environment. And uh, we've just really had some incredible guests that have helped uh, tell that story about how important it is to not just say, you know what, I'm just one person, I can't affect the world in any meaningful way, but to step up and say, yes, I am one person and, and I am going to impact the world around me and make it a better place. And our next guest is absolutely the embodiment of that. Argo J describes himself as just an American who likes guns and the culture surrounding them and who is a trusted source. Now, this isn't him describing himself. This is me describing him. He is a trusted source of new gun and accessory reviews and other videos. Argo has written a document titled Black Ops, Black Opinion in Popular Society, Changing the Image of African Americans and Firearms, One Round at a Time. Clever, clever title. Welcome to the show, Argo. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. I'm just uh, so excited we ha had a chance to get our schedules to align because we are both crazy, busy people, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. As I am talking to you now, I'm hearing my classroom <laughs> down the hall. And <laughs> and making and, you nervous? Uh, uh, a little bit, but I've got somebody in there that I trust, so I'm, I'm okay. Oh, thank goodness. And indeed, you are a teacher, an actual teacher of our next generation. And uh, man, we cannot possibly thank you enough for investing yourself in that way. Um, oh, no worries. But I first want to learn about your nickname. Tell us how you got that nickname. It's Argo with three A's, an R, a G, and an O. And I've always, I always want to say it like a pirate, and I'm sure that's... Well, <laughs> sure ironically, that I am a big pirate, so it does work out that way. We get to go, you know, we get the full R, you yeah. know, you get that, that hearty R in there. But no, uh, I... Uh, my, my nickname is an acronym. It, it, it stemmed from uh, a trip to the range. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I, I am a black American. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's Monday through Sunday. <laughs> so, but, uh, but no, I, 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 uh, we go to the range a lot. And a lot of times, you know, we get the typical 
stairs and and the oogling, like, oh my goodness, here here are these black guys coming to the range. They're gonna be on <laughs> They're gonna be something stupid. Right? Or they're gonna pull out oh my whatever you know crappy guns that they have. <laughs> and then when they see that we're the absolute opposite, mm-hmm. and then half of the range visit has now been at our booth because we have all the cool cool guns mm-hmm. and all the fully automatic things that they wish they could fire and mm-hmm. things like that. <laughs> the next question we get is, well, how did you get this, and where did you learn this? And, and you know, as if to not say, but to say suddenly, and you know, an implied speaking that, you know, how do you black guys get all this cool stuff, and I can't have it? Oh you know, and the, ir- the irony of it is, uh, you know, we are few and far between. So one ride home, I was making a joke with some of my friends who I go to the range with, and I said, you know, we should start a, 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 an organization, and we'll call it the African American Association. Uh, the African-American Association for Responsible Gun Ownership. almost forgot what it was. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, And that's where Argo came from. And then, actually, I did my first video under the, the moniker Argo J, um, and it just stuck. And ever since then, um, that's who I have been. I have become Argo. I love it. And just that story shows us how important this documentary is going to be and what a need there is to help people stop asking stupid questions like, <laughs> you know, oh, uh, where did you learn how to, you know, how did you possibly learn how to shoot that sort of thing simply because you happen to be black and, and the person asking you happens to be white or whatever other right. race. It's just, right. could we just stop I mean, asking stupid it, questions? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, that's the absolute purpose of it. You know, and it's not so not so much even just the stupid questions. That's just a, a small portion of it. I think the larger uh, surface area is the thought that or the or the, the negative connotation behind the two things between mm-hmm. African-Americans and firearms. When you think about African-Americans with guns. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say black, uh, and for your listeners, I don't like the term African-American, mm-hmm. uh, so I just generally say black. But uh, uh, as a black American, you know, we are always tied in to negative or criminal behavior when it's associated with firearms, and that is not the truth. Uh, I couldn't tell you what a jail cell looks like. I, I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no, one in my immediate, no one in my family could tell you what a jail cell looks like, mm-hmm. you know, because we're not all what people think that we stereotypically are we're not all drug dealers and criminals and crooks you know i I definitely have multiple degrees under my belt um uh, i'm definitely a productive part of of society and i'm trying to give back and to teach our youth to become productive parts of society but that's the purpose of the documentary to shift the the paradigm and shift the dynamic and the image and perception of african-americans and guns specifically black males Mm-hmm. But we're definitely going to encompass everybody uh, in this because we are a large portion of the gun community. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's seen or known or even understood, it doesn't change the fact that we are here and the dynamic needs to shift. Uh, because unfortunately, bad things are happening because of these stereotypes and because of uh, the fear that's behind this social stereotype and this social I- image that, that black people have when it comes to guns. Mm. That's such important work. And, you know, and I, I'm thinking back over what I said. It's like, could we stop asking stupid questions? It's like, well, you know what, though? We want, we want to bring people together. We don't want to make people afraid to engage in a dialogue simply because right. they're nervous that they're going to say something dumb or wrong right. or offensive. 
But it's like, so so let's try to educate ourselves on one side of that equation. And then the other side, maybe don't be quite so quick to judge back, you know. Absolutely. Right? That, Absolutely. You know, uh, we were uh, had the opportunity to talk a little bit off air, and I think we were, you know, kind of leaning into that, that, you know, just even, like you said, I don't, you don't like to use the term African-American. And you have a specific reason for that. And I'm saying, well, you know, I'm 51. I grew up during a course of time that the proper way to refer to the African-American members of, of our society, my friends, my neighbors, it changed. What was acceptable changed. And so now I'm like, I don't even know. I just... It doesn't even really matter that much to me, but it matters to others, and I don't want to offend. And so I get tongue-tied, like, I don't know what, is it black now? Is that it's, the right one? I don't know. It's so, <laughs> it's so frustratingly, hilariously mind-boggling. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just words, people. And, people, and I watch my, my white friends or my friends who aren't black mm -hmm. struggle yes. with saying the word black yes. as if it is a bad word or it is, you know, it is like it's profanity or, or something. It's not. Don't, you know, I, I think people will let you know if they're offended or don't like to be referred to as any one particular word or not. Uh, me, I'm, I have friends all over. I got military friends, all that. I mean, and we let it go. So, you know, race jokes to me, aren't really a thing mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they don't bother me but mm -hmm. i know socially you know certain things are accepted and not accepted and tolerated and not tolerated and you know i think it's just on an individual basis but you know uh my reasoning for not liking the word african-american may be totally you know foreign to somebody else because everybody's experience as a black person is different no black person leads the same life and i think that's a lot of times what people think too you know what i mean like uh Coleon noir and i are two totally different people our black experience is absolutely different uh Maj Ture and i are two different people our experience as black men is totally different uh a lot of times we get grouped in though mm -hmm. as people thinking that we have the same experience and that's not the case mm -hmm. uh and that's another reason that we're getting this documentary out the documentary is not to be divisive but in in fact to bring together to say and to show that hey we're no different than you, because believe it or not, people still think that there's a major differences, major difference rather, excuse me, between uh, black people and white people and any any other people that don't look alike. Mm -hmm. People don't believe that there are differences like, oh, we're all the same. Or people believe that, hey, there are differences. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not all the same. Um, everybody's experience in life is different, regardless of your background mm -hmm. or your demographics. Uh, but that's why we're pushing this documentary. And it's it's, it's such an important piece of work. Because right now in history, our country has become more divided than I've ever seen it be mm -hmm. uh, prior. I mean, since, you know, the civil rights movement mm -hmm. and since, you know, all the struggles before. And that's why we're doing this. We're, I'm doing this because the word has to be put out there. The dynamic has to shift. We all need to come together as an Amer as a collective American entity mm -hmm. and fight this fight together and not separate. Mm. And I think that is what the bigger picture is. I love it. And you are a teacher. That is your that's your day job. It it permeates from you. And so I have to believe that your the product of your documentary will be grounded in, you know, that teaching spirit. Um, and I'm so excited um, that you're making it. And this is being uh, we're about to run out of time, but I want you to, to be able to tell folks this is being 
this is a grassroots kind of a thing. This is being crowdfunded, right? Right. Uh, I, I want this to be crowdfunded because I did pitch it to some producers from Hollywood who liked it. Uh, however, they wanted to put their little fingers in it and change it this way yeah. and that way. And I'm not willing to do that yeah. because this story has to be told accurately mm-hmm. from a gun owner's perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it's, it's funny because I can see both sides of the fence. I can see the anti side and I can see the pro side, mm-hmm. even though I'm on the pro side, but don't sure. get me wrong. People want to say that we're, we're oblivious to what the anti say. Like, no, we actually want the same thing. It's just how we go about doing yes. it. You know what I mean? And, and, and what we're willing to put up with and not put up with that differs, but we all want our kids to be safe. Yes. We all don't want to worry about the bumps in the night. You know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's what we're willing to do that they're not willing to do to go that extra step to protect our families and to protect the ones that we love and that are near and dear. So, I mean, I get it, but hey, we've got to tell this story and it's got to bring us together because this is the only way that we are going to succeed as a nation is if we come together. And how do people who are listening right now all across the nation who agree that the the story needs to be told, how do they help crowdfund it? Uh, Well, you can always check my, and like I said, I'm at work and, I, and I'm horrible with uh, these things, but we can, I have a GoFundMe up. Um, you can go www.gofundme.com slash blackopsdoc, B-L-A-C-K-O-P-S-D-O-C, blackopsdoc. Um, we also have a Patreon. You can just look up either Argo J, A-A-A-R-G-O-J-A-Y, or blackopsdoc, and that should pull up our Patreon account as well. Um, and if people don't or can't get it from there, if they follow me on Instagram or on social media, there are links on my Facebook, my Twitter, and my Instagram uh, as to where they can go and support us. Fantastic. So that's just Argo J with three A's, A-A-A-R-G-O-J-A-Y. Fantastic. That's awesome. And then you and I get to meet in person uh, in Chicago coming up soon in a couple of weeks at the Absolutely. Uh, the Gun Rights Policy Conference, where you are going to be a speaker at the second <laughs> annual AMCON talking about absolutely. this. And I'm absolutely stoked. And I want to thank you for uh, helping me get on to that and, mm-hmm. and becoming a speaker mm-hmm. because uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time. And I uh, and I'm really excited about getting the word out about the documentary, but just also sharing my story because I don't think my story is that much different than most people in America, regardless of color, religion, or background, or creed, or anything. So, absolutely, I I really want to share that with the people, and I think that there'll be a pleasant surprise when they hear uh, what we've got going and what we're doing. So I I'm, love I'm it. very, very excited about it. I love it. I really look forward to meeting you in person and I look forward to this documentary uh, being made and I encourage everybody to reach out to that GoFundMe page. And uh, I think maybe I hear your classroom now. So uh, you, <laughs> you probably better get back in there, huh? Yeah, actually, we're, we're winding down towards the end of the day, so they're probably a little restless and uh, I'll good. probably have a couple of bad reports when I get in there. But guess what? <laughs> that, we'll deal with it. That's why I do my job. That's I mean, right. Nothing, you know, it's nothing for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Argo, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we will definitely be checking back with you on this show to find out how that documentary is coming along. Awesome, awesome. I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. So very much. thank you very much for this opportunity. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. All right, goodbye. All right, stick around because after these messages, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's 
commentary right after this. We're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And how fitting for our theme today, if not you, then who, that we have one of our favorite uh, segments, and that is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Well, many of us move to small towns in order to be somewhat insulated from the craziness and crime that we often associate with big city living. We dream of retiring to a safer and slower-paced country life. Imagine that you have achieved retirement, are spending an ordinary evening at home, just you and your spouse reading one of the classic novels you never had time to enjoy while you were still working your 80-hour work weeks. It is a perfect and serene moment that you have worked your entire life for. This was the scene for one couple in Utah on an ordinary Tuesday evening. Ordinary, that is, until danger happened their way, kicking repeatedly at their front door, pounding and pounding and pounding until the wooden door jam exploded into splinters, allowing danger to walk unimpeded into the couple's home, free to do anything his evil heart had set to do, rob, rape, kill, knowing that the remoteness of the home ensures that the local police are a full 20 or possibly 30 minutes away, plenty of time to do as he pleases to these two elderly people whom danger sees as nothing more than his prey. Now imagine 
that these retirees are prepared for the moment when danger might visit violence upon their home. Imagine that the husband is trained, ready, and armed. Imagine danger's surprise when that homeowner stopped his rampage. So surprised was danger that, for some unknown reason, danger disrobed completely before finally stumbling fully naked out of the home and into the arms of the waiting police officers who responded to the emergency call. All of this ending much differently than the nude and injured danger had planned, all because of a responsibly armed citizen. Barbed wire fences and no trespassing sign. Most blow right past the mailboxes leading back to Irontown, 20 miles west of Cedar City. Really, really quiet. Nice. You usually hear more four-wheelers than cars. Not on Tuesday. I saw the sheriff deputy come up on a pickup, and he was coming at me like a cannon. We received a call for a burglary in progress here in Irontown. Deputies say 24-year-old Christian Holbert kicked down the door of this house and confronted the couple inside. Or they are a little bit elderly. They do have some disabilities that uh, keep them from being able to defend themselves like you or I. But they weren't defenseless. Read the sign. Smith and Wesson spoken here. They did fear for their life and they did uh, shoot at him. Shot multiple times. Investigators say Holbert then stripped naked. Absolutely naked. He walked out and confronted four deputies. Taser was used multiple times. Uh, he did not respond to that, but the deputies were able to subdue him. After a medical helicopter took Holbert to Dixie Regional Medical Center in serious condition, Irontown returned to quiet. Things happen, and you just have to, you know, hope they don't happen to you. The homeowners were not hurt, and deputies say they were within their rights to defend their lives. The suspect, Christian Holbert, was shot several times in that home, then tased several times by deputies outside the home. So how did he keep on going after all that? Deputies say they don't know for sure until they get the talk screen, but it's a fair bet drugs were involved. In Irontown, west of Cedar City, Matt McDonald, Fox 13 News, Utah. Cheryl, when we get back from the radio show, I need to call Hornady. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for the, I got to get some, I got to get naked after buying some bullets. <laughs> Just... I, I was so I, nervous what your comment was going to be after that one. What, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. What's a, what kind of bullet makes a person want to get naked? No, it's probably the drugs, honey. It's probably the drugs, and I don't know what kind of drugs. Oh, it was it the bullets? <laughs> I'm not. It's not the bullets. You huh? know, I can't speak with certainty. They have zombie killing on that bullets. Topic. Why wouldn't they have uh, get naked get bullets? Naked. <laughs> I just, God help us. I have no idea, but I do know that I am eager to hear Dan's. Commentary. Tell yourself something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Okay, there's an average of 180 days of school per year. The U.S. Education Department claims that there were 240 incidents involving school related shootings between 2015 and 2016. Say that number again. That there was 240. That's more than one shooting per day. Mm. Scary, right? That's terrifying. I mean, think about it. If we knew that was going on, 240 in one year. 
Well, an article from BrettBart.com and AWR Hawkins found a report from NPR. Now, NPR is normally... They're uh, not the, the most right. gun-friendly But they do publications. They, they do sometimes have facts that are right. <laughs> so they examined the U.S. education study and found that 66% of the reported school shootings never occurred. Wait. Did you hear what I said? 66%. NPR was also able to confirm only 11 of the 240 reported shootings. Only 11 were confirmed. Oh, my gosh. Also note that the ACLU of Southern California, you know those guys? Mm -hmm. I don't think they like guns at all. Mm -hmm. They confirmed that fewer than a dozen were actually shootings. So I want to give you some examples. Nassau County School District in Florida reported a shooting. It was really just a student who took a photo of himself at home and put it on social med- media. Oh, my gosh. That's a school shooting. Rep. Redan Middle School, a toy cap gun on a school bus. Oh, my stars. Off. That's Malibu insulting. School District in California, a pair of scissors got inflated and reported as a firearm. Happens every day, apparently. What? Ventura School District in California. This is the last one, but it's important. They reported 26 shootings. There were none. They pushed the wrong button. So. Oh, my gosh. Hey, U.S. uh, Education Department. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. can they even do that i am aghast i you know what it is such ridiculousness and how do we unring that bell right and you know who they're going to wreck they're not going to wreck themselves they're wrecking the rest of us parents are terrified students are terrified it's totally irresponsible but thank you to npr and to uh awr hawkins of breitbart for correcting that record All right, we have got to run and run quickly. That clock is ticking. Thank you so much to Ed, our tech crew here, spinning the the plates over there. He's been with us forever. And uh, I don't want to get tased. You want to get tased. No, you don't. (laughs) Keep your clothes on, okay? All right, so thank you to our listeners and our guests. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Even the ones with clothes? Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Be good to each other. You got me all flustered. Have a great week, and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since, evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children 
what it once was like in America when men were free. <laughs>